this message is that whatever we do affects generations. It affects our children, it affects our grandchildren, it, it even affects us and even people who are not biologically our children. Hallelujah. Amen. Scripture says in the book of Isaiah 31, the 38, the verse 1 that was just as Mr. Baba was ministering, scripture says that the prophetic word came to the king Hezekiah from Isaiah the prophet. I know you know it. Follow me carefully. That you are going to die. But before you die, put your house in order. He says, Hezekiah, you are going to die. A word of the Lord to the prophet Isaiah, to King Hezekiah. You are going to die, King Hezekiah. The sickness that is upon you is unto death. You are not going to be healed. You are going to die. But before your death, make sure you put your house in order. The scripture says, even before Isaiah entered into the chamber, Hezekiah turned to the wall and he began to pray, telling the father of his faithfulness and his truthfulness in the dealings of the things of God. And the Lord says, I have heard thy prayer and I'm going to add 15 more years to you. And also, not only am I going to do that, but I'm going to make you see a sign and I'm also going to give the Assyrians who are your enemies into your hands that I, God, am going to be the God over your city. One more thing that as much as the Lord added 15 more years to the age of Hezekiah, he would do something profitable to it. But in such in, in whilst I was searching scripture, one of the things I realized was that even though he had 15 more years, he thought it as time to enjoy than to prepare his home and put his house in order. He was given an instruction that Hezekiah, you are going to die. Put your house in order. And then he received 15 more years, so he thought he had more years. But even after the 15th year, you are still going to die. So Hezekiah, within that 15 years, prepare your house, put it in order. But Hezekiah did nothing of that. And then scripture says in the book of 2 Kings, the chapter 21, the verse 1 to the verse 4, that Hezekiah gave birth to a son called Manasseh. And after Hezekiah died from the 15 years that God gave unto him, when Hezekiah died, his son Manasseh ruled in his stead. And Manasseh was 12 years when he began to rule as a king. And scripture moved on to say that Manasseh began to rule the kingdom 55 years wickedly. Mm. He ruled wickedly for 55 years. A guy who was 12 years, who became a king after the death of his father. He began to sit upon the throne at the age of 12 years. And at the age of 12, 13, 14, and going 55, in addition to it, he ruled the kingdom wickedly. So at 13 years, the guy was wicked. At 12 years, the guy was wicked and he was a king. At 30 years, he was a king and still wicked. 55 plus 12 years. 67. He was wicked. He was wicked. So the 55 years that he was ruling, he ruled as a wicked king. And scripture says that the altar that the father brought down and put down, the altar that the father began to destroy in that country, he Manasseh began to erect those altars again. Those altars, those idol, idol altars. His, Manasseh began to build those altars again. All that his father put down, that his father erected a building for the Lord. His son 
Manasseh began to began to build up this altar that his father destroyed. It did not end. The scripture says that the place that was built for the Lord at the house of God, where God has said that He was going to put His name upon the altar, where His Spirit is going to dwell. Scripture says that Manasseh began to build an altar for an idol in the house of God. A temple was built for God and God has sworn that he was going to put his spirit upon that place. And that same place God was going to put his name. Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, began to raise an an altar of idols for his people when the father did not do those things. Why is Manasseh doing all these things? It is because of one mistake of his father. One mistake of not putting his house in order before dying. So now instead of his sons following his dead, instead of his, his sons following his footsteps, they began to sway away from God. And instead of building a house for the Lord, they began to build houses and altars for idols who were made by the hands of men. He did not put his house in order before dying. Yet he had 15 more years to do so. Are you putting your house in order? Did your parents put their house in order? Are they even putting their house in order? The things you are doing, the life you are living, are you putting your house in order? You see, the issue about for all have sinned had nothing to do with us. The only thing we did was to be birthed. We were born and we were born as sinners. We were not born into sin only. We were born as sinners. We did nothing as children. But the moment we were born, we were called sinners. Until we receive the life of Christ, we are never called righteous. We did not sin. We did not do anything wrong. The only thing we did was to be born by our parents. And when we came out, maybe zero days or one day, from that moment, we were called sinners. It had nothing to do with whatever we did. Because we did not do nothing. We were kids. We don't know anything. But it had everything to do with what our ancestors did. Adam and Eve. For the fathers eat of the sad grapes. But the children are the one tasting of the sadness. The children did not eat the sad grapes. But the taste of the sad grapes is in their mouth. We did not say we were born and they are calling us sinners automatically because of our ancestors, Adam and Eve. There are some of us fighting certain battles which we have no knowledge about because one way or the other, our forefathers were serving some idols. Our forefathers were serving some stools and they, they thought it was a family thing they were doing, so it was normal. Unknown to them, they were doing something that generations to come, it will affect us. And we are there and some stools and some things, some spirits are demanding for us and they say they own us. And we have nothing to know about those things. We don't have any mentality about how it came about that this person or this spirit is saying, this one is my own. I married them when they were young. I bought them when they were young. We have nothing to do with it. We have no knowledge of it. But something was done before we were born. Before we were born, some things was done. By our forefathers, by our parents. Maybe we don't even know. There are things you've done that your parents don't even know. So what are the many things your parents have done that you don't even know? (laughs) I don't want to go deeper. 
and there are things that we do that affect generations to come. If your parents were rich, there were some schools you would not attend. If your parents were poor, there were some schools you would not attend. And so, their decisions and what they became, either poor or rich, has affected you, even in your education and even the choice of your friends. There are some friends you will never cross path with, no matter what, if you don't go to certain schools. But for the fact that you were born in a certain family, and your father or mother knows somebody in a certain school, you were sent to that school. If they didn't have that money, they wouldn't have been able to secure that connection for you. For you to meet ABCD as a friend. To destroy ABCD in your life. The decisions of our parents, without our knowledge, are affecting us even as children. And the decisions we make also today will affect our children. Scripture says the other time that Gideon was going to battle against the Midianite. And as he was going to the battle, he inquired from the Lord and he wanted to raise an altar for the Lord. And the Lord says, do not raise an altar for me first. Destroy the altar of your father first. If not, even if you, Gideon, raise an altar for me to fight the Midianites, the altar of your father will have a contrary effect over the altar you are raising. So first of all, destroy the altar of your father. There are altars we have erected in prayer. There's the altar of I am ministry. You have your own personal altar. But there are altars that your parents have also lifted up without your knowledge. There are places they have visited without your knowledge. Even some of you have visited some shrines. Your parents have no knowledge about it. And your children will never have any knowledge about it. And you want to raise an altar to say thank you to some God. And you thought, So you thought it has ended there. Maybe your parent also did something. Your forefather did something like that without even letting anyone know. And it's affecting. Gideon's father did something. That he was going to war and thinking he was going to erect an altar to fight the people that he was going to win against the Midian. And then God said, destroy the altar of your father first. Some things that we struggle about are not really our battles. We are actually fighting our parents' battle. I was talking to a lady and I was like, oh, this guy told me about how is it going here and there? Let's put this in place. Let's put this in place. And guess what the lady said? The lady said, I am tired of these things. I don't think I want to do this relationship and marriage thing anymore. And I said, listen to me. Do not look at the life of your mother. Do not look at the life of your other siblings and begin to determine that this is how your life is supposed to go. Because if you don't fight those battles and win those battles, those your children who are before you will go through those things. So this person wanted to escape this battle by not getting married. What about your children who are coming? Won't they try to get married? So you're not fighting as a parent because you are tired of it. So you see, the grandmother, same situation. The mother, same situation. And then her and her siblings, same situation. It had nothing to do with her. It had everything to do with the family. But she's not willing to fight the battle. Like some of you, you take everything for a joke, everything for granted. You don't want to fight battles, you don't want to pray. When we say in prayer, you are quiet. You are seeing more than anybody. You tend to be a seer when prayer is going on. You are even seeing more than the man of God. 
Yet there are battles that your parents, as a result of the actions of your parents or forefathers, that are moving towards you. Gideon, Gideon, Gideon. What if Gideon did not inquire and went to battle after raising an altar? He would say the altar of God did not work. But what he did not know is that the altar of his father was working contrary against his altar. Mashallah, Second Kings, the chapter three, the verse one downwards. Scripture says there was a time that came that the Moabites waged war against the Israelites. They were against them, and Scripture says that the people of Israel received a prophecy from the Lord as they fasted and prayed and inquired from the Lord. And the Lord says, "Go to battle. I prophesy to you, you will win against the Midianites." And they went into battle. In the battle, Scripture says that even the Israel began to beat the Midian, the, the, the Moabites. Sorry, he beat the Moabites. They were even beating them in their own homes. They entered their homes and they were beating them left, right, center. But when the king of Moab saw that his people were losing, scripture says in the verse 27, second Kings chapter 3, verse 27, that he stood up and raised up his head. He saw the Israelites winning the battle and he said, No, I'm not going to allow this to happen. He took up his firstborn, the heir to the throne, the one who is supposed to be king after he is gone. He took the child, Matalekapa, and he slaughtered him. He killed him as a sacrifice. And when he killed him as a sacrifice, scripture said the people of Moab began to win the battle against the other people who received the prophecy. They received a sure prophecy from God. They received a testament from the Lord. It was true. God was speaking. Scripture says God does not lie. Scripture doesn't get broken. Scripture says again. God is not a man that he should lie, but a son of man that he should repent. And he told the Israelites they were going to win the battle. They should go to war. But these same people went to war and they were fighting this battle because God has instructed them to fight the battle. But upon the battle, they saw the evidence of the voice of God that they were winning. But one man stood, he was an unbeliever. He stood and said, they may have a prophecy and they may be winning the battle. But I know a principle, sacrifice. He slaughtered his own son. David said, I will not give anything to the father, that has not cost me. The son cost him, the heir to the throne. He sacrificed him. The scripture says, the Moabites began to win the battle against them. The unbeliever, unbelievers began to win the battle against the believers. The believers who had a prophecy, a sure prophecy, direct from God, not from a false prophet, direct from God. No one was hearing from them. They were hearing God themselves. The Christians know we the battle even after receiving the prophecy. And the unbelievers who received no prophecy after making a sacrifice won the battle. One action of a king changed the destiny of a whole town. A whole nation's destiny was changed because of one action of a king. One action of a president can change you and I, our destiny. If a president goes to stand somewhere, if Nanado goes to stand somewhere and begin to talk gibberish and begin to say things against Putin right now and begins to say he was going to war one way or the other, you and I, where will we be? So one statement from the president can change the destiny of you and I. The actions of parents affect the children. One king's action affected the whole people. Not all of them saw what the king was doing, but they saw the effect of what the king did. So they had liberation. They did not die because the king had sacrificed his own son. Today, what are you willing to sacrifice? I'm not really coming here for your money per se. I want you to understand. I'm not preaching this because of money. 
This is not only about money. It's about your actions as well. What are you doing that will affect your children and generations to come? What the king did had nothing to do with money. He made a sacrifice. At that time, he cannot go to the bank and go and withdraw money and come and put on the altar. What was closer to him was his son. Are you going to sacrifice the brother before you? Ask them a question. Will you sacrifice me? If you don't have money, go to the bank right now. I am not for sacrifice. Tell them you are not for sacrifice. The king won the battle by making a sacrifice. Destinies were changed because of one sacrifice the king made. Future events, it was already stated that these people were going to win. So we all know that we are waiting for just the Israel to win the battle. It is, it is foretold. Future event, we already know what the future holds. But there was a man that came that made a sacrifice that changed the future. I'm saying here again, your future can be changed by you. Your decisions, your actions, your words can change your future. I know there is destiny, but God has given us free will to be able to maneuver our way around destiny as well. So it doesn't mean that because it is so, so, so it will happen so. No. There are things you must do before it will happen so. And it is foolish talk. For them that do not know scripture. If God will bless me, he will bless me. It is foolish talk. Our actions affect our lives and affects generations. Scripture says again that there was a man called David. He lived a life of immorality and yet after that, the Lord says he is the apple of his eyes. He was an accomplice to murder just because of a woman. Then he died and left. And the Lord says, I am not going to allow you to build a house for me because your hands is full of blood. Then his son Solomon took over him. Then his son Solomon outdid his father. He took thousand women, more than what his father was doing. Three hundred wives, legal wives, three hundred, and side chicks, seven hundred. One man. Side chicks, seven hundred, and the seven hundred women understood themselves that they are side chicks. They prefer to be side chicks. The the the, the wife who was. At the 300 level, was also okay to be wife 300. <laughs> Not to even talk of the second wife. Wife 300 was okay. Solomon. He broke a record. He outdid his father. But it was the actions of his father that led him into that way. It did not only end there as well. Scripture says that the Lord wanted to destroy Solomon, but he said, Solomon, but your father David, the covenant I have with your father David, if not for David, Solomon, Solomon, if not for your father David, there are some places we entered because of what our parents have done. There are some places we are able to stand upon because the prayer was made by our parent. But some of us, we don't, we don't book our parents. We are fighting our parents. <coughs> we don't respect our parents because they are this, they are that. 
If your parents hate you, don't hate them. If your parents insult you, don't insult them. If your parents fight you, don't fight them. Either biological or spiritual. Don't do any of that. Whether you are they, they are your parent or not your parent. So long as they represent a parental figure, come on, respect. 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 Does somebody respect? Solomon, he had everything. But all those things could not save him. The Lord says, but your father David. But your father David. Even David was not worthy to build the, the house of God. And Solomon was worthy to build the house of God. Everything that was used to build the house of God, David had made provision for it. David placed the gold, the silver, the, the, the bronze, the, the diamond, everything that was needed to build the temple. He placed it down before dying. And yet, he was not worthy to build the temple. It was his son who was ready to build it and he built it. And yet, even after he built the water, God was saying, I wanted to destroy it by your father David, who was not ready to build the water or to build the house of God. He's the, he's the reason why I am not killing you, Solomon. How? It did not end there. Solomon now began to build idol altars because of his wives and his psychics. Because the psychics were not Christians, the psychics were not believers, the psychics were people who worshipped idols. And so because he needed to please them, he began to build idols and temples for these ornaments or images. Solomon, because of women, Solomon, but for your father David. The actions of the father David affected the son, and the son was walking in that step. Ah, on to talk of Absalom and Tamar. When Tamar was raped by his own half brother, it is from the lineage of David. It didn't end there. Then the half brother stood and said, "You have killed my sister." First year he did not kill the guy. Second year, Mama said not that. Six months, twelve months. Inna by one year, she was more himself have come. And now Takashi Baba said. Let my brothers follow me. We are going to do something. But he had plotted in his mind to kill his half-brother. He sent him and he killed his half-brother because of what he did to the sister. Then I move about David and so yeah. So and so Obikun. When David saw what was done, he couldn't do his son anything. Because he too he had done it before. What have your parents done that has caused you to walk the walk you are walking? What are you also doing that will cause you to walk in a certain way or make you enter certain places? What did your grandfathers and grandmothers do that is making you enter certain places? Your mother could not fight certain marital battle. And when you look at your life, your life is entering that same marital battle and you think it's normal. You will not do something about it. Your family entered into a, a, a season. None of them were able to go to a better secondary school. National Stars and Mind Schools, they can't even boast about anything. They, your parents can't boast, you yourself too, you can't even boast. You think it's just normal because it's just school. And you too, you want to give birth and you have no plan about where your child will go to school. And already you are crying about school fees. When you've not even started even to marry or to even give it. You see the pattern. And yet these are menial things that does not make us see responsibilities of our future and where we are moving to. You are already talking about school fees. 
complaining about Serilac. <laughs> you've not also given birth, you've not even married yet. But I'm complaining about Serilac. <laughs> yeah, I say this boy, I love to give Just a one out of yeah. You see, and these things are bad things that we think that they are normal to go on. We are naive to even think that our actions doesn't affect anyone. We are naive to think that our parents' actions don't affect us. We said it is their life, so let them live their life. Their life doesn't concern me. It does not affect me. Who told you? You think it is your life, it will not affect you. Maybe you are masturbating, so it is only you. You are watching the porn, it is only you, so it will not affect anyone. Who told you? Who told you? Generations to come, your son will even be more addicted to it. And you will not know. And they will be opening Bible. And you think it's Bible. Now it is the people are able to, to, to enter into other apps by using other apps. So you think your son is opening Bible. Everything I'm watching his phone or oh, oh, the Bible. So my next Bible no, or SharePoint. But the, the Bible no share site for a SharePoint. Everything is normal. We think it's normal. We think our actions will not affect our children. And we are living anyhow. God will understand. God will forgive me. Until our children also grow up and begin to be vagabonds. You are giving your parents headache. And you think when you also give birth, your parents, your children will not give you a headache. Or either you beat them. Didn't they beat you? What did you turn out to be? Didn't they scold you? What did you turn out to be? Sometimes they say a family that is more protected or a family that is more protective has daughters who are more sports. It's true, right? What is he doing wrong by being protective? That you too, you are also waiting to also give birth and be protective. You are already talking. But you don't even know so that you're also working in the link of your parents. Authors are already lifted, lifted up without our knowledge. There are words being spoken, but there are authors being lifted up. Ah. Scripture says again in the book of Malachi that when after they had closed the church and they were walking home, they began to talk among themselves. And, and the angel of the Lord heard what they were saying, and what they were saying was answered. They were not in church. They were just talking among themselves, and what they were saying was answered. What we say sometimes are authors being lifted. Yeah, come on, yes, more they be worry. Me they may worry. Me my bread. Who be to quiet? Me and the person be to quiet. And you one eh? Is that you buy a bag? Unti me security si kabra fan kodi ba. But there are words we spoke some years back, and we think they are normal. These are things that are benefit of Christianity, part of us. And because we raised an altar contrary to those altars that God wanted to lift, lift up for us, for us to walk in. Scripture says in the book of 2 Chronicles 29 verse 9, He says, They lifted up a sword to slay the father. And as the fathers were slain, the daughters and the wives were held captive. For lo, our fathers have fallen by the sword. Our fathers have fallen by the sword. And our sons and our daughters and our wives are in captivity for this. It was not the children who were slain by the sword. It was the fathers who were slain by the sword. Why are the mothers and the sons and daughters affected by a father who is being slain? 
The things that happen to fathers affect children and wives. Fathers, you cannot just allow anything to happen to your life. You cannot just enter into place. You must raise altars. This has nothing to do with money. Sometimes we think about money too much that we don't even want to raise altars for the Lord. This project we are about to do is an altar. As we lift up the foundation of this building, it is an altar. We stand there and pray night and day, night and day. At God, we are praying every time on that place. And you think that your children will fail. You think you will fail. Uh-huh. Unless that ministry fails. Uh-huh. But we know. Uh-huh. I said, for we know. For we know. For we know. We have come too far. We have been under the mango tree before. We have been in classrooms before. We are here now. We know where God is taking us. We may not necessarily see it physically, but with the signs we have seen over the years, we know we are going somewhere. We know we are going somewhere. They call us the beast, but you and I know we are not the beast. Why? What they see. When we were talking about the panel discussion, everyone was talking about the creativity of the ministry. They talked about how the ministry is being branded, how things are being done. But if I tell you the money that goes into it, it's not so much, but much. (laughs) It's not so much, but when you see it, it is much. When people came to see this, they were thinking, is it screen? Someone was asking me, hey, screen, I'm not talking, hey, I am for. Now me here, Dean, because me and my details know. So me more details now. I didn't know for. It's the doing of the Lord. I want you to clap your hands for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes when you're holding khaki, let them say what or car. You didn't make us in your car, you eat, eat, man, got eat. Not for almost three. Eh, eh, Kasa. Hallelujah. These are simply altars that are being erected. Which altars are we erecting in our lives? And today I want us to change our mind today. To raise an altar with this building. And say, Father, even as we lift up the foundation of this church, regardless of how the building may look like, the foundation as we lift it up, we are the first people to sow into this foundation. And as this ministry stands and grows, we will not wither. My children will not wither. Let me show you something in the book of 2 Kings. Chapter 10, the verse 28. Let me show you something there that we, 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 we unveil this thing. Second Kings chapter 10, verse 28. Scripture was talking about the um, Jehu. Jehu was building an altar. Second Kings chapter. Second Kings, one of God. Chapter 10, verse 28. Jehu was breaking down Baal's altars. Altars of Baal. He was breaking them down. And when the Lord saw it, the Lord says, For what you have done, I am going to make you king, and to your fourth generations they shall be king. But I want you to read it for yourself. She said, Thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. Today you will destroy altars in your life. 
you will destroy them out of your life. Yeah. Now listen to verse 29 and then the verse 30. Then how be it from the sins of Jeroboam, the sons of Nebat, who made Israel to sin, they who departed not from after them to wait the golden calves that were in battle and that were in that death in our cities. Scriptures and the Lord said unto Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing that which is right in my eyes, I have done unto the house of Ahab according to all that was in my heart. Thy children of the fourth generation shall sit upon the throne of Israel. So the Lord is telling him, For what you have done by taking out the altars of Baal from them. The household of Israel, I the Lord will make you king first, and then to your fourth generation. Fourth generation doesn't necessarily mean four decades or 40 years. It transcends that. He says, to your fourth generation, I will make them king. In other words, if anyone tries to be king over Israel, before the fourth generation of them, they will never succeed. Not because of anything special, that the people are not intelligent, they don't have strategies to commit a coup or whatever it is. No. But because of number one, what Jehu did. Number two, because of the word of the Lord. And then something happened in the, the, the same scripture, Second Kings, verse 11, verse 1 that was, chapter 11, verse 1 that was. People began to rise up and to annihilate the lineage of Jehu. But see what the Lord did. When Atalia, Ahaziah's mother, saw that her son was dead, she proceeded to annihilate all the royal heads. Mm. So Jehu's son came to reign. After Jehu's son came to reign, he gave birth and his son was supposed to reign. But the grandmother saw that, no, I want someone else to reign. So he was killing all the sons in that house that are going to be nest of kings. And see what happened, grandmother. I'm not saying your grandmother has done anything. I'm just saying their actions can affect us. Verse 2. Jehoshiba, who was king, Jerome's daughter, and Ahaziah's sister, secretly rescued Joah, son of Ahaziah. Everyone was being killed, but they thought it wise to rescue Joah. They thought they were just doing something, but they were being enticed by spirit to rescue this guy. Because a prophetic word has gone on before. And the Lord says, to your fourth generation, they shall be king. And if the fourth generation doesn't become king, it means God is alive. So God had to preserve that. They don't even know what they were doing. And he says, Jehoram's daughter and Ahaziah's sister secretly rescued Joas, son of Ahaziah, from the king's sons who were being killed and put him and his nurse in a bedroom. So he was hidden from Atalia and was not killed. Others were killed except him. Move on. Joas was in hiding with Jehoshiba and the Lord's temple six years while Atalia ruled over the land. So he was in hiding. For the temporal one to take over. Listen again. Scripture says, Then in the seventh year, Jehoiada sent messengers and brought in the commanders of hundreds and Karite and the guards. He had them come to him in the Lord's temple while he made a covenant with them and put them under an oath. He showed them the king's son. So the one who was ruling was not a king. He was acting as a king. On a king or acting. But someone, some caretaker, man of God, but someone has been hiding their true heir to the throne and began to call the people of the temple and said, Listen, let us let us all make an oath for this son. But he for his sake, for him, not 
That they should also make him die here. But a word of the Lord was being spoken because Jehu had done something. Move on. And commanded them, this is what you are to do. One third of you who come on duty on the Sabbath are to provide protection for the king's palace. Uh, protection, they are putting strategies in place. And the dead are to be at the south gate, and the dead at the gate behind the guards. You are to take turns providing protection for the place. Just to protect this small guy who is going to be king. Uh, your two divisions that go off duty on the Sabbath are to provide protection for the Lord's temple. They were not only guarding the king, they were protecting the king's temple, the temple of the Lord. You must completely surround the king with weapons in hand, not to kill him, but to protect him. Anyone who approaches the ranks in is to be put to death. You must be with the king in all his daily tasks. Mm. Uh, so the commanders of hundreds did everything Jehoiada, the priest commanded. They each brought their men, those coming on duty on the Sabbath, and those going off duty and went to Jehoiada, the priest. Listen to what is coming. The priest gave to the commanders of hundred kings, David, spears and shields and were in the Lord's temple. It's getting interesting now. Then the guards stood with their weapons in their hands surrounding the king from the right side of the temple and the left side by the altar and by the temple. This is it now. And he brought out the king's son, put the crown on him, gave him the testimony and made him king. They anointed him and clapped their hands and cried loud, Live long, King! Atalia head of it. They said, What is going on? And they said, They have crowned Jehoas, King, over the people. Why? Because his father, the grandfather Jehu, had brought down altars of Baal. And the Lord says, to your fourth generation, you shall reign as king. Until that is being fulfilled, no one shall be king over Israel. We are going to do something today. To our fourth generation. To our tenth generation. If Jesus dies, we shall be kings. Can we please be outstanding? Isaiah chapter 2, the verse 7. You want to lift up a prayer today? This man did something that affected.